Singer-songwriter Anne Hampton Calloway is here to talk about her upcoming performances and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Anne. Hey, Charlotte. How are you? Fine. How are you? It is so nice to be here. It's a beautiful day here in Tucson, and I'm so excited for my upcoming shows, and I'm uh, excited to talk to you about it all. Tell us about your upcoming performances. Well, I just have to say, I'm so happy I can answer that question. I actually have upcoming performances. I'm looking forward to the Music Room and Gallery and Wine Bar coming up. That's my next gig uh, in West Yarmouth, Massachusetts. I'm doing my very famous uh, act, the Streisand Songbook. This time, I'm doing it as a one-woman show. And this is a new room, if I understand correctly. So it's going to be a lot of fun for people to discover the latest Cape Cod uh, nightclub. And it's, a, of course, it's a show about the diva of divas who just released her new record today. And I've been performing this show with symphony orchestras for many years, and it's probably my most popular show that I've ever done. So I, I'm very excited to entice people from various parts of the Cape, including my Provincetown following. I hope they'll uh, make a little zip over to West Yarmouth for this special show. And then I'm uh, flying to D.C. to do... Another uh, pop favorite show, the Linda Ronstadt songbook, with my dear friend Billy Stritch. He's an incredible pianist, singer, arranger, etc. And we've been performing that show uh, for a few years now. It's one of the most popular as well. That really makes me feel, when I walk out on stage, like a rock star, singing those great songs. That'll be at the patio stage at Strathmore in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm also very excited to be returning to the Los Angeles area. I have so many friends there. And one of the most beautiful venues there is the Seagerstrom Center for the Arts in Costa Mesa, where I'll be doing the full-fledged Linda Ronstadt songbook with my all-star quartet. And uh, it's going to be a happening. We're going to do a major concert there. And then from uh, L.A., I fly to Denver to do the Vail Jazz Festival, which is always a joy, uh, doing basically great songs that I've recorded through my career and uh, with a fabulous Shelley Berg trio. And then I come home the next day, and I'm going to be performing Anne Hampton Calloway Sings the 70s uh, at the Calloway Hideaway. It's my live stream monthly series that I've been doing since the pandemic began. And it's it, this one is, I think, going to turn into a major show because... After doing the Linda Rodstedt songbook, I think the 70s, that music, the great singer-songwriters writing there, uh, really speaks to me because of, you know, my childhood, etc., but also the quality of songs that came out at that time. So looking forward to that. And then on to uh, Delray, Florida, where I perform uh, Broadway classics at the Arts Garage, another Callaway Hideaway live stream song, I Wish I'd Written. That'll be on August 29th. And very excited to be returning to London this year, if all goes well and people keep doing what needs to be done. Four different performances there, coming back to do Yoshi's in Oakland, California, and uh, Auburn State Theater. And then the last uh, shows I have on the calendar right now, uh, there will be more, but uh, I'm performing with a great jazz singer, Tierney Sutton. We have a show called In Technicolor, and she is truly one of the most brilliant jazz singers live today, and we both recorded albums of uh, movie songs. We put a show together that it's very exciting that we'll be performing at NJPAC on uh, October 15th and at the Manchester Craftsman's Guild in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on October 16th. 
So um, it's really nice to have shows again, and I have so many wonderful shows to look forward to, and can't wait to see all the beautiful people that I've missed so much. What's it like performing uh, live after most of the COVID restrictions have been lifted? Well, you know, it's been a, a sort of a slow transition. Um, the first show I did live was in Phoenix, Arizona at Arizona Music Fest, and the whole audience was masked and was outside. They had done seating in a parking lot, and the sun was blazing on them. It was really exciting, and I had my band that I had was the last band I performed with before the pandemic started. And so that was a really wonderful, full-circle gratification to see them again. But you couldn't really see the smiles on people's faces, etc. Now that things are opening up more in the last performances, like the Virginia Symphony, which I just did, that was really exciting because people responded much more fully. And getting to sing with an orchestra was just such a thrill. I'm finding that people, they can't believe that they're at a live performance and they're a little hesitant to be too exuberant. But then afterwards, people, you know, the few people I can speak to after uh, just say what an incredibly thrilling experience it is to, to be in a nightclub and to share music. And it's, it's very emotional for me because, you know, I love singing my live streams, but singing to a green dot in a computer does not compare to live people. I did um, a wonderful show, the Judy Carlin songbook in Minneapolis, and 45 members of the Twin City Gay Men's Chorus were there. And they were all singing along and just incredible audience energy uh, for every single number. And even a few guys came up, I talked to them on stage, and there was a wonderful interaction with the audience throughout the evening. And that's what makes me come alive as an artist. So that's really a big part of what feels good again is to is to be able to have that interaction that the audience is just as important as I am in a show and, and the feeling of it and the power of it. And hopefully if, if we all play our cards right, uh, we'll just be able to enjoy more and more of this. Um, but I, I do feel that some people are not quite on the bandwagon of getting vaccinated, and I hope that doesn't slow things down. What do you hope to accomplish with your work? Well, that's a great question, Charlotte. Um, I am a dreamer, I'm an idealist, I'm an optimist, and what I hope to do is to continue to perform and write songs that open up hearts, that bring people together, that inspire people, that wake up their minds to new possibilities, that encourage people, that heal people. To me, music is such a powerful art form, and it's one of the only things that really unites us purely. You know, it doesn't matter what your viewpoints on life are. It doesn't matter if we disagree on certain things. What happens is, in my opinion, if you have an open heart, you'll have an open mind. And so I hope that when I'm performing songs from my heart and sharing my point of view of the world and my sense of love for people and life and celebrating the beautiful things in life and addressing issues that of our time that are things we still need to work on, I feel like there's there's a lot that can be accomplished in just being a singer-songwriter. So I'm hoping that some of the things that I've written will have start to make a much bigger impact because I'm going to give that my focus. I've spent a lot of my career singing the Great American Songbook and well-known songs. But I've written over 300 songs, and one of the things I want to accomplish with my work is to help people enter the world of Anne Hampton Calloway and how I see life. And 
I think once people, when they enter that world, they seem pretty happy about it. So I'm looking forward to committing more time to that part of my artistry. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the Biden administration? Well, there are so many things I want to see happen, Charlotte. The list is long. I want him to help protect LGBTQ people from discrimination, support LGBTQ youth, protect our community's individuals from violence and work to end the epidemic of violence against transgender community, expand access to, you know, good quality health care, uh, ensure fair treatment in the criminal justice system, collect enough data to really understand our community because a lot of times people don't realize how big our community is and I feel like we've been underrepresented in a serious way. I also think that something that we don't talk about much is he needs to really address the global rights issue. There are so many countries that have no rights and it's we're a country that could be the leader in helping spread global sort of a you know a universal rights work and, and that's going to be very challenging because of certain cultures. There's not enough protection for job discrimination. I think that needs to be helped. I think the Equality Act needs to be passed. There's just so many good laws that are not yet passed because we've had so much gridlock from the GOP, and he's going to have to be really brilliant in how he works across the aisle to win more support for these important developments. I don't know why equality is such a challenging Thing for people to embrace, because that is why America is America. That is the one underlying principle of our nation, and we still have so much uh, to do. I mean, we've—I think we've—in our—in my lifetime, have certainly made a lot of progress. But we need to help children who are LGBTQ and and help them understand who they are and and have things in place when people are are not feeling confident and not feeling accepted, places for people to go where they feel they're safe and they're understood and they feel embraced um, is something that, you know, how many of these things can he do? I don't know. Uh, but I think Biden is, uh, has been a, a very supportive person for the LGBTQ community. And I know he's been working hard to develop various plans. We need to help him you know, get those plans into motion, and it's not going to be him alone. It's going to be all of us helping to support our community in a serious way, because the moment we stop doing what we need to do, then it could all turn back, and all of the hard work and all of the, you know, marriage equality, the right to be married, that could all be overturned by the wrong people. And so it's a time to be vigilant to support our administration now who actually cares about this community. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these difficult times? It's really heartbreaking to think about what kids are going through, and uh, one of my good friends, Jane Clementi, lost her son, Tyler Clementi, uh, to being bullied as a teen. And she actually started an amazing foundation called the Tyler Clementi Foundation. And I recommend these kids to go to some of the really amazing uh, places that will be kind of a, you know, just have it in your back pocket. Have the website, have the phone numbers, 
of the Tyler Clemente Foundation. Also, the Trevor Project is one of the best institutions in our country for LGBTQ kids who are dealing with suicide issues, and there's a hotline they have. One of the things that I think is really important is to find your allies. You need to stay away from the people who don't really embrace who you are and come up with a community of friends that really love you for who you are and stand there with you and are your good friends and through thick and thin. Also, to stay in out of situations that might expose you to too much going on, on in social media where, where people's rights and privacy is not, not being respected. So maybe being a little bit less available to some of that exposure would be helpful to feel safe. But the main thing is really talking to who you are. I'm a firm believer in journaling. When you're going through a tumultuous time, I think that if you can talk to some friends uh, and maybe even some people who are, you know, a therapist or somebody who really knows how to, a counselor who really is educated and, and how to help you through these incredibly challenging times. Journaling is, is a tool, though, that will help you put your feelings out there. Just write it all down. See how you feel. You feel better saying what your truth is. Um, I lost my grandmother to suicide, and then my mother became suicidal, and a lot of my friends growing up are suicidal, and it's a very hard thing. A lot of times it's chemically treatable just to help you through some of the those moments where you can't see beyond that one thing that makes you feel so threatened. One of my techniques in my life when I go through hard times that makes me feel like, why am I even here, is widen the lens. All you see is the issue at hand that makes you feel so upset, so worthless, so afraid, and if you can widen the picture and think about all the amazing possibilities of your life and you can go beyond the present moment and dream. Dream about what you can be and also dream about how you can make life better for your fellow friends going through what you're going through. We have so much power as individuals if we can just help each other to take a deep breath, you know, feel what we're feeling and then move through those feelings to take some action to have a better life and to make other people's lives better by coming together with people of like-minded dreams and making those dreams come true. So it's any kind of answer to your question, Charlotte, it seems simplistic, but those are a few of the thoughts that I can think of at the moment. How can people get information about your upcoming performances? Well, my website, anhamptoncalloway.com slash tour, and it has my latest uh, performances, including my live stream performances. And when you go to my website, if you subscribe to it, if you go to contacts and subscribe to it, then you'll be sent invitations and you'll be the first to hear about certain concerts so you can get the best tickets. I'm also very active on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and, and I'm very good about sharing. It's pretty easy to find out where I am. What other projects are you working on? Well, one of the projects that has been really interesting the last year and a half is my poem a day. I've been writing a poem every single day since the beginning of 2020. And it's been an incredible uh, creative spree uh, writing about all the incredible stuff that we've been going through through the pandemic and also you know, beautiful things in life. And I've been including art with all these poems. At some point, I want to publish a book of my poetry. 
And so many people, when they read my poems, say, when are you going to publish the book? So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But in the meantime, I think that's one of the most interesting things I'm offering people. I'm not one of those poets who writes in very um, challenging ways, uh, you know, where it's hard to understand what I mean. I'm a very accessible, creative, uh, and diverse poet where I, some of my poems are very funny, some of them are very inspirational, some of them are abstract, but still very accessible. And I think when people read my poetry, it seems like people want to write their own poetry. It's been very interesting to see the response to that. So that's that kind of new part of my creativity that I've been working on. It's been a very, very fulfilling experience. But the biggest news for me is that my 40-year dream of wanting to do a CD of all Anne Hampton Calloway original songs is finally coming true this year. Uh, a dear new friend has underwritten this project, and I've been working with two of the most brilliant men I know, Trey Henry and Paul Piano. Trey is the probably the best jazz bassist in the world, and Paul is the fantastic um, principal guitarist at the LA Philharmonic. And they have this production company called The Chemistry Set, and we've been working on my original songs and putting them out single after single, and, and the response has been phenomenal. So we have one more single coming up. My newest single came out last Friday and had beautiful feedback. And the next one is going to be really special. It's called Information Please. And it's a song that I wrote with the great Amanda McBroom, who wrote The Rose and many other great songs. And it's about an actual real-life story that was published in Reader's Digest in the 60s. And it's an incredibly moving story that is now set to music, and so I'm looking forward to getting that out and sharing my original songs because, as again, I've written songs for Barbara Streisand, I wrote The Theme to the Nanny and other prominent TV shows. It's really very gratifying to finally share my songs, and one of the songs I will be recording is my pride anthem called Love and Let Love, and I'm hoping to do that with fabulous Nikki Harris, who was on the road with Madonna for 18 years and has just one of the most soulful, thrilling voices you'll ever hear. So look out for that. And uh, I'm putting new shows together, like the 70s show. I want to have that be my next big, you know, trio show, and I'm going to take that around the country. And the Judy Garland songbook, which I just started doing, I want to get that turned into a symphony act. So that's going to be uh, thrilling because next year is her centennial and we're still celebrating the Peggy Lee centennial that was cheated out of a full celebration so I will be introducing that show which I premiered last January of 2020 and I never got to do it so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing those two beautiful uh, legacy shows. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? You know, I would love to have a Q&A kind of format for people to ask the questions that would help them to get to know me better because I feel like I put myself out there so much as an artist. I speak my heart. I write about what I believe in. But sometimes people have presumptions about you as an artist that aren't true or they don't know certain things about you that they've always wanted to know. And at some point, I was thinking of having a show where people could just ask those questions, like the end of the Carol Burnett show, uh, which was one of my favorite things on television, when people would just ask Carol, hey, Carol, you know, what's going on with this? And Because I feel like the more you understand someone and the more you connect with somebody, the more you care about what they do and the more the songs mean to you. 
So I guess I would like people to ask me what they've always wanted to know and if there's something that I haven't shared yet because we can know each other better and we can have a better relationship and have more fun uh, when we share music together. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? Well, I'm constantly looking up quotes. I'm a huge quote fan. In fact, when I was in the Broadway show Swing, I had a quote of the day on my door and all my cats going upstairs to get into makeup and they would always write down my quotes because to me, a quote can totally ground you. And, and my beloved wife, Kari, has been sharing a lot of really inspiring quotes that people say make a big difference. But two quotes that uh, I've come across in the last few months, are, I think really are at the essence of what we've been going through and are good advice. Uh, I love humorist Irma Bombeck. She said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. <laughs> so I love that because uh, I care a lot, and so people who care a lot tend to worry. But when you really think about it, there's a much better way of spending your energy. Another quote comes from Fred Rogers, who I just found a beautiful interview that my dad, John Calloway, did with him uh, in the 80s. And I, I love the sensibility for us to process what we're going through. He said, often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. And so I think if we can look at the time we've been through and really see the, the new windows being opened, the new doors that we can walk through, to doing things that matter more. You know, one of the things that has come out of this time is a sense of my bucket list. What are the things that I really want to do with the rest of my life? Because we don't know how sure our lives are. We are in a health crisis. And while we're alive, what matters the most? Who matters the most? And how can we live our dreams and live more authentic, joyful lives? So, yes, we are at the beginning of something else. And let's fully explore it and share it with each other.